welcome to our podcast, Spirits vs. Science. In this podcast, we are going to be braving the topic of the paranormal while trying to avoid bad karma. In this podcast, we are discussing the ideas of reincarnation after death, the possibility of multiple dimensions, and how scientists disprove paranormal claims. Join us on a paranormal journey with me, Shannon, and my co-stars, Erin and Erin, the Erins. Okay, so today we are looking at the paranormal and we have our guest, Anthony Biggs. So Anthony, would you mind telling us a bit about yourself? Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me, which is a great pleasure. Okay, so my name's Anthony and I've been investigating all kinds of paranormal um, phenomena for about 20 odd years. Um... So most of the stuff that I've done is kind of ghost-related. So I've stayed in lots of haunted houses and haunted um, places, not only indoors, like outdoor woods and things. And I would say I'm more of a believer than a sceptic, but I'm also very open-minded. And you kind of have to rule out any natural um, reasons or um, phenomena that's behind the events that you might be picking up before you ultimately jump to saying it's a ghost or paranormal. But I would say a small percentage of um, of stuff is probably generally related to ghost-like entities, from my own experience. But what exactly they are, it's very um, open to debate. <laughs> I mean, is there anything in particular that made you believe in the paranormal? Anything that triggered this interest? Yeah, um, when I was young, I used to go and visit my, my grandma in Birmingham, and she had a very old sort of council house, which was built on an old um, mine called Bangham Pit Mine. And she had an end end house, and I always felt really uncomfortable when I went to visit her, particularly upstairs. Um, I just like if I had to go to the loo, I'd be as fast as I could. And and one day I was just in the loo, and I saw the handle of the door move down on its own, like someone was trying to get in. Um, ran downstairs, terrified. All my family were watching the wrestling on the telly. My nan and granddad and my parents, so I knew it wasn't them. So that kind of got me really interested from that point onwards. <laughs> All right. So, who did anybody encourage your interest um, in the Not really. No, I mean my family not weren't really into it at all. I, but I was always into ghosts and UFOs from from little. So, but as I've grown up, I've met other people that are like-minded, interesting souls. So, yeah, I've just I've kind of connected with other people that are into it. Why do you think people are so um, I think a lot of it's to do with science because scientists tend to say unless you can reproduce something in a laboratory, it doesn't kind of exist. It's got to be reproducible. And of course, a lot of paranormal activity, you can't reproduce it in a laboratory. You, you sort of, um, it's all down to witness text testimony, what people saw at the time. Um, and also, I think a lot of the, the, the films, the ghost, you know, the haunted house films, they've had a lot to do with it as well. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of scepticism, but I think the world of science is opening up a little bit more to the possibility that there could be something behind it. It's a sort of a slow drip feed, really, but I think some of the scientists are more open-minded than they used to be. Um, why do you believe that paranormal experiences aren't explainable by science, such as hallucinations or changes in frequency? Um, I think some of them, they can be, obviously. Hallucinations could be down to something the person's taken or possibly like a mental health issue that can cause hallucinatory um, phenomena. But it's usually when somebody isn't expecting to see a ghost, they might be sceptical, they're just going about their usual everyday business, and they'll see somebody like if you walk through a wall or 
um, they'll talk to somebody and then they'll find out that that person was actually died, died a few years ago when they do a bit of research. Um, so I think I think those are the testimonies that I tend to believe. I've, often comes from sceptics as well, who then obviously either become believers or they're less sceptical skeptical than they used to be. Yeah, I've also had some paranormal experiences. Have you? Oh, that's interesting, yeah. yeah. So I'm definitely a believer. A lot of people you talk to, they'll say, well, I don't believe in any of that rubbish, blah, blah, blah. But there was this one occasion when such and such, so often people have got a story to tell or they know of someone who's seen or heard something weird. That tends to be my experience when I talk to people. Yeah. I think, I've, I mean, I haven't personally had mm-hmm. a paranormal experience, but like, my mum had um, a certain experience where it, it was sort of like out of the normal. Yes. When she was like, she was pregnant with her first child. Yes. And then um, she started bleeding. So she was taken to the hospital and then she had like a dream or something where okay. my grandmother, well, my great grandmother who had passed away mm-hmm. a couple of years before, um, came to her with a baby in her arms and said that her baby's going to be okay. And then it, like she said she was going to be okay. Yes. My mum didn't know she was a girl. No. Um. And then she ended up being um, all right. Yeah. When everybody thought she'd lose the baby. Yes. She was all okay. That's, so. that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, there were lots of testimonies like exactly like what your mum experienced when people are either very ill or they've been involved in, say, a car crash or something. And they'll either see a, an ex relative who died or come and reassure them or might say, you've got to stay here. It's not your time yet. And that testimony is really, really strong, I think, when you talk to people like that. Yeah, I agree. My parents, I'm not. I'm not as much of a believer, yeah. but my parents, especially my dad, he always says at the end of the bed, it feels like there's a dog lying there. Oh, okay. Yes. And um, the person, because my, my house is very old, mm-hmm. the person who lived there before, he always slept with his dog at the end of the bed. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. that's like a case. He's like, I think the dog's still lying there. Definitely. I mean, I've had quite a few um, witness testimonies that you know, I've spoke to people who've, who've said their pets have definitely come back which they find very, very comforting, which I can imagine would be lovely. In fact, we used to have a little shih tzu in the family who slept on my brother's bed, just like that, that person. And when Sonny died, um, my brother was very upset, but he said he, he definitely felt him jump on the bed at least two or three times because he was quite a heavy dog, he was quite a fat dog, <laughs> and he could feel the dead weight. And, yeah, Mark was just drifting off to sleep and suddenly he looked up thinking it would be Sonny, but of course he wasn't there, but he felt it quite a few times. So I do believe that does happen. Yeah. Do you believe that people should be more aware of the paranormal? Yeah, I think it's it's healthy to be aware of things. And like, I mean, it's a slightly different subject, but people who play with Ouija boards, I'd always urge them against that because I think you could be opening up stuff which could be quite dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. You know, so I'll say you should always be aware if anything weird happens, there could be a paranormal explanation, but always try and rule out other possibilities first before you definitely say it's paranormal. But yeah, be aware of it, definitely. Yeah. Um, do you believe a person's religion could impact their view on the paranormal? Um, I think it can it can play effect, have an effect. I've done quite a lot of research into near-death experiences and often people who kind of die on the operating table before they're resuscitated, their experiences can be often related to what religion they believe in. So they could see a being of light, but it might be like a Buddha as opposed to a Christ-like figure if they're like Buddhists. Um, so, yeah, I think the religion can play a part as to what you might experience if you're in that state of near death. Um, so, yeah, it definitely can play a part. Hmm. That is very interesting, mm. especially since I've got quite a few religious friends. Yes, excellent. I mean, some religions, like I think like Catholic religion, and there are other ones as well, 
say that you should never dabble or look into the paranormal. You know, it's, it's, it's dealing with the, the devil and stuff, which I can understand what they're saying. But you just need to be very, very careful and, and open your mind to, to what possibilities could be there, what, what's causing certain things that are happening. It doesn't mean to say that you're suddenly becoming like a devil worshipper just because you're interested in the paranormal. So, yeah, some, some, some religions do frown upon it, which, you know, I understand. But, uh, yeah, just keep an open mind, really. What do you think about sleep paralysis? That's really interesting, yeah, because, I mean, I had it myself when I was young quite often. Um, I think it, it is accountable for some of the experiences, particularly when people can't move. Um, but the thing is, a lot of people get hallucinations as well with it, which I never used to get. Um, and they see like a succubus or an incubus, which is like a demon, uh, pinning them to the bed. So I, I think when that happens, I don't think that is sleep paralysis. I think the feeling of not being able to move and you, you know, when you wake, that could be. But when they actually see things, like sitting on the end of the bed, and I think that's possibly something else going on. But yeah, sleep paralysis is definitely there. It does happen. And I think some people do experience it and think something weird has gone off, but it could just be sleep paralysis. What do you think about the fact that like students and psychiatric patients experience it more? Um, I think certainly in recent years, some of the drugs which they give to psychiatric patients, I think they could possibly open up certain chakras, um, which could make them more susceptible to experiences. So I'm not saying they're imagining it all. I just think that maybe like you've heard of the third eye, things like that. I think certain drugs that they give for mental health, so some of the modern drugs particularly, could open up some of the chakras, like the third eye, for instance, which would make them more prone to having experiences like that. So I think that needs to be looked into a bit more as well. Do you believe it could be more like dangerous in the future then? Um, not really, not, as long as it's monitored really carefully, that's that's the key thing here. Because um, I think they are using hallucinatory drugs now to treat mental health conditions in some cases. So I think the science is actually saying, look, these drugs which you, you should have shunned away from years ago, like certain types of, um, that like the hippies used to take and stuff, they use it for mental health issues. Um, so as long as they know that they might give them these experiences and not to just say it's down to the drugs, it could just be that the drugs are opening certain chakras up in the body which are allowing them to perhaps see other dimensions, possibly. So that's that's something to bear in mind as well. What is the paranormal to you? I think um, the paranormal is anything which conventional science can't actually explain at the minute. So it can cover all sorts of stuff from like UFOs, which are now called U UAPs, they've changed the name, um, ghosts, cryptids, sort of like um, Bigfoot and uh, Loch Ness Monster, um, near-death experiences, it's a really broad, broad spectrum that you know, encompasses all those different things, but it's just really anything that science either says doesn't exist or can't exist due to the current understanding of science. So apparently you've had held some like overnight vigils? That's right, yes. Um, what was that experience like? Um, probably the best one we did is a place called Annesley Hall in Nottinghamshire, which is a big derelict kind of manor house that's been derelict for years. And we managed to get in there, by, we knew the caretaker, and we said, we'll give you a donation to charity, would you let us stay the night? And that was probably the most active place we'd ever been to. So it's a deserted building, it had a big fire in it years ago. Um, so we were getting um, our necks scratched, like we were sat in a big circle, just kind of being very quiet when we first got there. And suddenly one of the members shot up from his seat, clutching his neck, and there was like three nail finger marks down his neck. So that was the first thing you could actually see. And we took a photograph of the, the nail prints on his neck. 
So that was quite nasty, really. Um, and then we were getting like uh, lumps of firewood being thrown at us there. Another one of our members, um, she, was a, she was an English teacher by day and a, a ghost hunter by night. She saw a huge white orb come down a staircase in one of the outbuildings and kind of hover at the end of the stairs. And then it kind of disappears. So we did a bit of research. And apparently that's where one of the maids had hung herself. She got um, pregnant by the, the son of the Lord of the Manor. Um, and she'd hung herself um, just at the bottom of these stairs where we saw the, the big orb. So um, I would say Annesley Hall was probably the best place we, we've been to. And we've also been to the trip to Jerusalem. That was good because that's really ancient. Um, we've got some caves underneath the trip to Jerusalem. And there's actually an, an old cockfighting ring from medieval times. So we picked up lots of chains being pulled on like an EVP, which is electronic. Uh, they call it EVP, electronic voice phenomena. But it doesn't necessarily mean voice. It just means picking up any any weird sounds when you like leave some recording equipment around. And we've got like train, chains being dragged in the caves there, which was quite good. And we also saw like a, a huge six foot figure, a black figure walking through the sandstone walls that was um, witnessed by an ex-policeman in the group. So I would say the trip to Jerusalem is probably the best place and Annesley Hall. That's actually really bizarre. Yeah, really. Um, so you mentioned that there is possible science explanations behind mm -hmm. paranormal events. Yeah. Um, whilst researching, we discovered something called fear frequency, okay. which is something just below the human frequency mm -hmm. in which people can subconsciously respond to lower frequencies when fearful. Yes. And an engineer spent a night at a lab mm -hmm. that was believed to be haunted yeah. and had reported to see a dark blob at the corner of his eye mm -hmm. um, and chills down his spine. But which, this actually turned out to be a silent fan in the, in the room which was creating sound waves at 19 hertz, which is just below the frequency Fre okay. of, of 20. That's interesting, yeah which causes the human eyeballs to vibrate and see optical illusions. Oh. Do you think that this is some proof that paranormal events can have like scientific explanations and that um, it's not really considered the, the effect of dif different frequencies um, on the human body? Um, yeah, that's really interesting. I have heard about this frequency before which I think certainly can play with the brain. As you say, maybe you have hallucinations. So I think that is probably accountable for some of the experiences. Um, but I think you have to look at, bear in mind that some places ghosts are seen almost also in modern buildings, you know. So I think it's it could be down to this frequency, but I don't think it is in 100% of the cases. I think there are other explanations which could still be paranormal. But yeah, it's definitely worth bearing in mind. They need more research into that area, I think. <laughs> Do you believe that some sceptics are so passionate about debunking paranormal events? Mm, that's an interesting one. I think some people can't literally process the idea of paranormal activity actually being a thing. So they become really um, passionate about being a sceptic. You know, there's a, couple, there's a chap who's often on television called Chris French, who's a, who's a great chap, I met him, but he's like the, the go-to sceptic that they always wheel out for TV programmes. Um, and obviously he's, he's, he's a man of science, and I totally understand where he's coming from. But there used to be a saying that to the believer, no proof is necessary. To the sceptic, no proof is possible. And I think those are the two ends of the spectrum. But I think often scepticism, when it's like that, is often down because they can't really process it in their head. They don't want to believe because it's too much for them to get their heads around. 
So they'll they'll try and sort of rubbish it at every given opportunity. Just I'll just say to people, just need to be open minded about everything because so much is going on around us that we we can't see that it's actually there. And you know we're, we're learning all the while as as we kind of to evolve as a as a species, I suppose. Yeah. It's a scary thought that there's something out there that can't be explained. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's okay if you think that they're, they're friendly, whatever it is. But when you think if it's not, that, that's when it gets a bit scary. And I always advise people to try and do some protection work before they go on a vigil. So I always carry salt in the pocket, which sounds a bit bonkers, but that's supposed to protect you from, like, negative forces. I always have, like, a black obsidian necklace around my neck, which wards off negative energy, which is like a, a natural sort of gemstone. Um, so yeah, just make sure you know what you're dabbling with and keep an open mind at all times. How do you think people should deal with paranormal experiences? Um, I think nowadays you should be less scared to say anything because lots of people have had experiences and they won't tell a soul because they think they'll just be thought they're crazy or people will laugh at them. But I think things are getting much more better for people to, to come out and, and talk about their experiences now. So I would encourage anybody to talk about it to people that they trust you know, and then to do their own research about what, what they've experienced. Because there'll be, there'll be definitely forums out there with other people who've experienced stuff similar to themselves. So the internet's really useful in that respect. So, yeah, just don't don't be too scared by it. Um, just, just do your research and do tell other people. Uh, but choose who you tell. <laughs> um, I mean, you say to tell other people about if you've experienced yeah. a paranormal experience. But do you think people are scared to... Like explain their experience because of such films like Ghostbusters and other paranormal films that sort of make it into a joke. That if you've had yes. paranormal paranormal experience, you're going to be like made fun of. Yeah, and ridiculed. Yeah, and ridiculed. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of that going on, and from from films like you say. But I do think we're in a different climate now that's changing slightly. Mm. Um, like even with um, the UFO thing in America, in, in in the states, Congress is now having uh, meetings I think twice a year about um, pilots' testimonies when they've seen things they can't explain. Now, years ago, they would have, the pilots wouldn't have said anything because they'd be worried that they're going to lose their career or people will ridicule them. But now they've just passed some legislation in, in the States which says anybody who's got anything to say, they can come forward and say it without fear of losing their jobs or being disciplined. So that's like a massive sea change, really, in the way the, um, they view sort of UAPs, UFOs. And I think that that will apply to other sort of um, other parts of the paranormal as well you know I think the hopefully the ridicule ages is kindly going into the the dark ages mm -hmm. and people can sort of talk more about it without being laughed at now yeah. it's really important yeah. um what is your opinion on the concept of deja vu because there's obviously a scientific explanation where it's just your brain registering yeah before your eyes are yes but do you think mate there's a possibility it could be something more yeah, I mean, the theory that I, I kind of heard of is you you sort of witnessing an event, you're doing something, an activity, and instead of going into your short-term memory, uh, which we're kind of all, everything's going into at the minute as we speak, it goes into your long-term memory. Um, so it's a bit to do with the wiring of the brain. And so that's why you instantly think, oh my God, I've done this before from years ago. So I think that is a possible explanation, definitely. But then there's also people who've had sort of the similar things with deja vu and it's actually been a glimpse perhaps into another dimension like a time slip almost so i think you need to bear that theory as well 
and just do a bit of research. But yeah, I, I can understand the one about you going into the, the long term brain. To me, that makes more sense. Um, just just like to do with the, the rewiring of the brain just goes wrong for a second. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Though. It's all interesting. <laughs> what do you think about like the connection between dreams and the spirit world and things? Um, I think that's really interesting because I think when we're in that dreamlike state, they say that the veil is at its thinnest between like this existence and other existences, dimensions. So I think often people do get answers in dreams if they've got a, a problem in their life. And I think it's really important that you have a, G, a dreams journal by your bed because when we wake up, we might remember the dream then, but within like half an hour, we'll have forgotten it, unless it was like a really vivid dream. So always write your dreams down every night. As soon as you wake up, or even if you wake up in the middle of the night, try and write it down if you can. Don't use your phone though, because that will wake your brain up too much, just have a little tiny tea light or something. Write it down because, um, and then I think it's really interesting to look back, because I think there are answers in dreams to problems we have. And also I think possibly relatives can come through dreams that you've lost um, to give you a message or something. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot more research needs doing into dreams, definitely. Yeah. I do have another question. Um, what do you think... So there's a lot of, like, stereotype, like, uh, rumours and ideas about dogs being able to see, mm -hmm. like, spirits and ghosts. Yes. Um, for example, my dog, yeah. it'll all be quiet. And then all of a sudden he just starts barking for no reason, Mine like yeah. looking, looking yeah. into the kitchen. And I'm just like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. Do you think this could be true or do you think maybe they're just... I think with personally, without question, animals are definitely more in tune to other dimensions. I mean, I, I love all animals, but I've got cats and they often freak me out. They'll suddenly sit up and they'll look at something that I can't see and they'll almost follow it across the room or they'll hiss at something that I can't see. And um, it does freak you out, as you say, when it happens. But I honestly think that animals do possibly spend some time in, they can see other dimensions that we can't see. They're just far more in tune with the natural world as well, yeah. things that are going on around them. I mean, I think it was when they had the tsunami in Indonesia, for Boxing Day a few years ago. All the animals took to the hills like hours before the tsunami hit. Um, so that's possibly, I don't say that's paranormal, but I just say that their their senses are far more in tuned with the natural world that's yeah. going on. Um, so they so, so I think we should, we should learn a lot more from animals than we do. There's no such thing as a dumb animal. They're far, far more in tune than we are, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> let us know if we changed your mind on whether you're a believer or a sceptic. You can let us know on... Facebook at Neon Nottingham or Nottingham College. Thank you for listening. Bye.